you wished upon a star. Now we want you to share with us our latest and greatest dream. Disneyland. Just go to Action Park, there's no other park like it. Six Flags Great Adventure. It's not a world away. Paramount's Kings Island. We will officially open Universal Studios Florida. Hello, I'm Michael Eisner. Now, here is your host. Hi, and welcome back to the Defunct Land Podcast. My name is Kevin Perger. Today, I am joined by maybe the guests of which I am the hugest fan so far. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Jenny and all those wonderful people that I've had on in the past, but Brian here. Ryan, I've watched your videos for quite a while now, and I'm really happy that you're joining me on this podcast. So thank you for being here. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. So um, I'm just going to let you introduce yourself. And can you just talk about what you do? We know you're an impressionist, but w- what is your main thing in what you do with those impressions? Well, um, yeah, like, like you said, my name is Brian Hull, and uh, I am a YouTuber slash voice actor. So yeah, like I said, I'm an impressionist. I'm mostly known for doing impressions of cartoon characters, like the Disney characters and uh, some of the Looney Tunes and uh, DreamWorks characters and all that good stuff. Uh, But one of the things that I do a lot outside of that is I also do voice acting work for studios on occasion. I have done the sound alike for Adam Sandler's Dracula for Hotel Transylvania on a few occasions. He didn't want to do it. So, hey, if if I can go on and say blah, blah, blah instead of him, you know, I wouldn't mind that. So, yeah, I got to do him for like a commercial and a theme park ride, which was a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, so I I do that just to have fun, make videos on YouTube for fun. I go to the I go to Disneyland and Universal and I talk to the characters at the park like themselves and film their reaction, which is always fun. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's what I I know you most from is the um, is, you know, you go to the parks and you most of the time, if it's not, you know, if it's not some random a guy playing Star Lord. It's it's a character that can't talk back, and so you'll go up to them and do an impression of one of their uh, one of their friends within their own stories or themselves. Um, I, I try to, but every once in a while, you get the ones that are like the princesses, and I'm like, I can't I can't do all the characters from your movie, so I'll just do like the Fab Five and the normally like within Disney canon. They're like, well, we know about Mickey and Minnie thanks to stuff like you know House of Mouse and stuff. So it it all works. Oh yeah, because oh that wonderful show where all the characters came together. Man, too bad that show was an honor. You could have a full time job, like maybe <laughs> just <laughs> because I know that I mean they're not going to get Jeremy Irons back, and I'm sure you can do I'm sure no. you can do Scar and all that. And so I think they got somebody better than me to do Scar. <laughs> My Scar is okay, but like I've heard some great Jeremy Irons impressions. <laughs> well, before we get before we dive deep into theme parks and Disney and all that, all the wonderful stuff, I want to know more about you. How did you get into voice acting and impressions? Was it was it your typical like um, you grew up and you just found that you had a great impression, or was there some big moment? I mean, how did when did you know? I guess that like I really love doing impression impressions. I realized that I really loved doing impressions when I was about uh, 13 years old. I uh, I was just was obsessed with cartoons and like I don't know uh, all cartoons, not just Disney, but like the Looney Tunes and everything on Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, everything. I just loved them all. And Disney was my favorite. And uh, I watched them so much that I heard them so clearly in my head. My brain is like a tape recorder so I can like hear these voices as clear as day. And um, for some reason, I thought it was totally normal. And I thought every adult did impressions. They just never did them around me. It was some kind of massive conspiracy. (laughs) (laughs) But then I'd see guys like Robin Williams and uh, Dave Coulier from like uh, Full House. And I was actually (laughs) watching an episode of Full House when I did my first impression. Uh, He burst into the room. It was whenever Comet was giving birth to puppies. And he was just like, Comet, just ask for something. What? Where's my water? And I was like, oh, Scooby-Doo. So I tried it. And I was like, where's my water? <laughs> I was like, oh, I can do Scooby-Doo. And then I did it to my friends the next day at school and they all lost their minds. And I just realized I can make people happy just by doing a voice. So I'm like, great, let's do more. And, yeah. yeah. So there was that one moment then. It was just it just so happened to be when Comet the dog on Full House was giving birth. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. that's fantastic that you remember pretty much exactly uh your first one then so i mean you grow up and what was what were your go-to impressions let's say in high school uh high school 
Scooby-Doo, that was the one my closest friends were obsessed with because it was my first. Uh, they never let me forget that. So they would always ask for them all the time. Uh, Mickey Mouse became a big one. And the other big one was uh, the Joker from The Dark Knight because it had just come out around that mm-hmm. point. So like every two seconds, everyone wants to hear Heath Ledger's Joker with like, let's put a smile on that face, which I'm like, oh, that's a little dark for me, but all right, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, so and I mean you're you're going through your body as we know is going through many changes in high school and middle school and the the voice is one of those things is it did you ever find that as you grew older or as you you know went through high school you could had a more broad vocal range or did it become harder to do Mickey I mean what was the I mean was there any change going on there uh, there definitely was some changes uh, luckily I didn't get into doing impressions until after my voice had gone through the big change. You know, that big one where you go from being a soprano to a bass, you know. Oh, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I I was – the great thing was as I was growing up and my voice was changing, I was in music. I was studying singing. I was singing uh, musical theater. I was doing all that. So as I was studying how to use my voice for singing, I was also learning impressions at the same time. And the two kind of fed off one another. Mm -hmm. So, like, I would learn a technique on my own while I'm doing impressions that I would carry over to music. And then I learned – a technique from music that I would carry over to my voices and the two kind of grew together. Yeah. So, so this podcast is not going to be called Brian's puberty adventures. <laughs> Just imagine okay, the inside out. We got that big panel. It's like, what's that button? Puberty. <laughs> Yeah, no, so I'm just over here viciously scratching my episode title names, like potential title names, like not Brian's puberty adventures. Fine. Yeah. But that no. had a nice kick to it. <laughs> but the, uh, so, I mean, the, the, you, fa- you had to have found that, well, you, like you said, you found that this made people happy. And so was it just, so after you, after your um, high school, did you, did you go to college? Did you, um, did you study anything after that? Yeah, I did go to college, um, but I didn't study for voiceover or anything like that. Um, honestly, because I never, I've never heard of any school that offers that, like as a degree, I've never, it's, I, that's a degree. It's news to me. <laughs> I'm sure there is. There's a degree for everything. Oh, there, there probably is. So I went to school for what I knew. Like I said, I was being trained in music at the time. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to school for music. And I actually got a degree in uh, vocal performance, specializing in opera and musical theater. Well, there you go. And Scooby-Doo impressions. Right. Yeah. That was that wasn't on the curriculum, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, in fact, oh, I, I can tell you some great stories. Like I go into uh, an audition to get into the music school. So I walk in and I'm just this little uh, 17 year old kid. And I just I sit down. And I'm like, OK, I'm going to sing uh, Why Do the Nations from Handel's Messiah, which I did not know at this point. My professor never told me. But like, yeah, a lot of professionals won't even touch that song because uh, it's got a lot of these crazy runs in it. But I sat there and just did it. And so. Like they, I was told later by some of the professors, we were like, we were amazed that someone who was 17 years old could do that. And then the first day I walk into class, I'm like, oh boy, hi there, pal. And they're like, what the heck happened to our singer? <laughs> so that was always a mystery to them because they're like, wait, he acts like a dork, but yet he sings like Mozart, Beethoven, and Bach, and he loves it. We There's a disconnect here. <laughs> I felt like Poe with Kung Fu fighting, except it was opera. Do you do a Jack Black, if I'm a, a, a Poe? Oh, I, I can definitely do some of that. Be prepared for awesomeness! <laughs> well, every time you mention a character, I'm going to have to like give you the nudge, <laughs> just being like, okay, you mentioned it. You can't you can't tease us. That's right. Uh, but I feel, I feel so weird because it's like, this is your thing. And podcasts, normally, like I'll, you know, I'll interview Imagineers or I'll interview um, people that are other than Imagineers, examples of which I cannot remember right now. Um, but they'll, they'll be... Uh, you know, I'll say like, what did you do during your career? But because your career is your voice and this is a voice only platform, I feel as though I'm making you like work, like do oh. your job. So it's just, it's a very, it's a, it's a very weird, uh, oh, but weird, it's, uh, it's fun, especially because this is just voice. You don't get to see my face like contort with it. So I'm sure people are sitting there going, <laughs> did they really just get somebody in to just come do the, do the vocals and then leave? <laughs> Yes, every every Jack Black made a brief appearance. I'll put, I'll put and, and the credits are going to be super long. Um, 
but but back to your just do that walk out (laughs) and he just leaves he does a little bit of like walking skadoosh and then like walked out i love that those are my i mean i've not never been the biggest fan of animated i mean i've I'm I'm as big of a fan as anybody, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I wasn't someone that you know would watch every single episode of every single cartoon growing up. Um, but you know every not everyone, but a lot of these characters have a weird nonsensical one word catchphrase. Mm-hmm. You got skadoosh, you got kachow, um, those kind of things. Does that make it easier to do the impression, or does it like turn into like a crutch kind of thing? One hundred percent easier. It's so much okay. easier because then it's like it's automatically recognizable. Like if I'm doing uh, King Julian from Madagascar, if I sit there and just start saying some of the phrases, people are like, wait, what? Who, who is this? So right. it's just like, everybody, the New York Giants. They're like, wait, what? And then I'm like, I like to move it, move it. Oh, you're the move it lemur. Like, yeah, OK. Yeah. OK. Yeah, I guess that makes I mean, the I'm sure a marketing executive somewhere is listening to this and being like that's not why we did that but i'm glad it's working it totally we did we, we did it to sell toys but I'm, it's also working for voice actors so there you go the um but sorry i i skipped ahead i want to go to college where it's this sounds like a very interesting atmosphere with these uh these proper classically trained um music professors and you doing all the the wacky new kid it's like a it's like a buddy cop movie kind of with between you and your professors with like the old dog and you're the rookie coming in so like did you push people's buttons when you knew that they would uh you know normal people would like oh it's so funny it's an impression they love it but like someone that is more you know straight faced and proper do you find yourself also kind of pushing impressions on those people too to see if you can like get them to smile um, on occasion, um, I kind of just had to play it by ear. I never wanted to annoy any of my professors with it. But at the same time, I wanted to show them it's like, look, I'm a goofball. I'm a dork. I do love Disney. I love cartoons. But at the same time, I do see the beauty in this music. I see the brilliance of what Mozart and Beethoven were doing. I acknowledge this. I'm not an idiot. I'm smart. I just act like a goofball because it's more fun. And then once I earned their respect with like the knowledge to say like, look, I'm not just some moron who's sitting here. I am paying attention. I'm getting the facts. But I'm just going to have a fun time doing it. Most of the professors were like, oh, he's just quirky. So, <laughs> Yeah, you're not the first, I'm sure, that they've had in music school. <laughs> oh, of course. But it's, it's like usually the quirky ones all go to like uh, music business where they're learning how to make like pop music and everything else. It's just they rarely go to opera. It's like that's usually not where they want to go. Right, right. I was the dork that wanted to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so did that uh... – and so through that vocal performance and getting classically trained, you think that, you know, made your voice into the the Swiss army knife that it is now? Or do you think that was completely separate? No, I think it really helped a lot because what a lot of people don't understand is I swear by this, but nobody believes me that uh, you get trained in classical music specifically on how to do voice work. You just don't realize it at the time because what classical music does, especially opera singing, they t- teach you how to manipulate your voice to become a microphone because opera singers don't get microphones. We don't. So you have to stand on a stage and make sure everyone in the audience can hear you. So they teach you how to change your voice to make the sound different so that it will resonate and you can be that microphone. So every time they'd say like, okay, to get rid of your nasal voice, you adjust this, you raise your soft palate, you do this in the back of your throat. And I'm like, okay, so if I want a nasal voice, I do the opposite and then I sound like an elephant with nasal congestion. <laughs> <laughs> did you, uh, you know, was it four years or did you go on? Uh, it was four years, uh, but because I changed my major halfway through, I had to stay for five, even though the last year I barely did anything. <laughs> I had like two classes. <laughs> <laughs> what did you change your major to, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, yeah, I was originally composition because I thought, hey, I love cartoons so much. What if I went and wrote the music that you hear behind the movie? Yeah. Um, where I started doing that and really enjoyed it. However, I started to realize that the college that I worked in didn't specialize in film music. So they're like, yeah, if you want to write film music, you might have to go to a different school because none of us know how to do that and we're not the best school to suit that for you. So I was like, well, honestly, people keep telling me to go to voice, so let's do that. And at the end, it actually proved to be better for my career. So it's all good. That's great. So, and then you, after college, you, you went on to do voice acting. And so let's get into YouTube. 
What what started that? When, how long ago was that? Oh, YouTube was a total accident. <laughs> <laughs> was okay. it, wait, wait, what, what kind of accident? Like a, a happy accident? We raised him and now we love him kind of thing? Or oh, it, was it, it, like, it, it was a happy accident. It was a happy one. Okay. So like if you go look at my channel, it says that I started this channel in 2009. But I I didn't really. It's like that's when I made the account. But I specifically started it when I was in high school. Uh, because I had my friends, they would call me at all hours of the night when they had a sleepover saying, Brian, can you do this voice? Can you do this voice? And do it over the phone. And I needed sleep. So <laughs> I just got a webcam, just did a couple of impressions to it, put it up and said, there, if you want to watch it, send people there. Let, let me sleep. And then it just became, became a place where if I, I was the only one who knew how to use video editing equipment. So if I was like in a school project or if I was doing something for my church or for college or anything like that, I would be the one to make them. So I just post them all to my channel because it's easier to just send them a link than it is a full five gig video. So it just became a place where I held videos for everything. And then uh, lo and behold, one day shortly after Let It Go, uh, let not Let It Go, after Frozen came out, I saw a contest online that's like, sing your own cover, let it go, and you could win a $100 gift card to the Disney store, which sounded great to me because <laughs> I was flat broke at the time. I was doing a musical with my school and had to take a lot of time off work, and I didn't have enough money to go buy Frozen and Saving Mr. Banks when they came on Blu-ray. So I was like, okay, I'll sing. What if I sing it as a bunch of Disney characters singing it? That's something unique. Maybe I'll win the gift card. I don't know. So I, I bribed my friend who was recording major with brownies to come record it for me. So. He came, recorded it. I posted it to the uh, to the competition, and unbeknownst to me, the contest was actually over, and I didn't realize it. And, uh, and so you won anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I guess I won anyway because like I posted it. I made one link to my personal Facebook, just asked my friends and family. It's like, hey, I don't know about this video. I made it for a contest. I don't know what you think. Uh, three days later, it hit five million views. Not three days. Three days. Okay, well, I'm quitting. By day, <laughs> by day four, Disney was calling me, and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> oh, really? D Disney called you? Yeah, Disney called me. They actually uh, flew me out to the studio when I was still in Texas, and uh, they gave me a tour of everything. They gave me free passes to Disneyland. I got to go see the animation building and talk to like the president of Disney Animation, and they got to do a professional audition, and I was just like... Holy crud. I was going to say, I was like, weren't you like, give me a job. I'll buy, <laughs> I was like, I'll buy my own tickets to Disneyland. Give me a job. Well, I mean, it's it, um, just the fact that they were just like, have you considered being a voice actor? I was like, I mean, I kind of just did these voices for fun. But, you know, if I Oh, could. no, that, that, that's when you lie real fast. <laughs> yes. All day. That's what I do. How did you know? Like, you just lie immediately, right? Well, yeah. And then they were, they, they were really nice about it. They were just like, well we see a lot of potential here and we think that you might want to pursue that. So just the fact that Disney said, we think you might want to do it. I was just like, okay, at some point I'm going to move out to California. We're going to start doing voiceover work for cartoons. So that's, that's how that's going to work. <laughs> yeah. And is that how that worked? Did it work? <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm still in the process of that. Just getting into the VO world is just really difficult. Uh, but in the meantime, I've got YouTube, which is doing extremely well. And I've gotten a lot of voice work because of YouTube, like the folks over at, uh, Airbud entertainment who make all the Airbud films. Oh my gosh. I loved Russell mania. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, 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 the Russell terrier that was fighting humans and was trained by a monkey. I mean, <laughs> anyway, sorry, go on. No, it's cool. It's cool. But uh, the Pup Star series they have going on right now, I've done a voice in every one of those Pup Star movies. And it's just like, it kind of becomes a thing now. They said they joke around the the office with it now. It's like when they make a new movie, they're like, okay, who's Brian going to play? <laughs> and it's just like, hey, I'm, I'm cool with that. So work's happening. It's just. So you're like the, you're like the John Ratzenberg of Airbud, which is sad because John Ratzenberger is already the John Ratzenberger of, of Airbud because he's, oh, he, he's, he's been, in WrestleMania. He's been in every movie that I've been in, plus a lot more. So I'm like, you already had one, but okay, we have two, and I get to be one of them. <laughs> can, can, oh well, now I gotta ask: Can you do an impression of him? Uh, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. I'm not, I was just asking. I can. I, I, I'm working right now on doing some incredible Incredibles impressions, so I've been working on his underminer, like his. 
Behold the Underminer! I am always beneath you, but nothing is beneath me! There you go. You did it. That's great. It's not. It's, yeah. I'm still working on getting that tone just right because it's hard to scream with his kind of, oh, you know, that's how we're doing things. You know, that kind of tone. <laughs> it's hard to scream with that. Yeah, the 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 uh, Mister, not Mister, the uh, the pig. Ham. What is that? What ham? I was like piggy bank pig. I feel. I sound like I don't even watch Disney movies. <laughs> Do you hear that, everyone, in the comment section? I don't. I'm not a Disney shill. <laughs> I don't watch every movie. The um, no, but so. Disney, have you had any contact with Disney since then? I guess, isn't yeah. Airbud owned by Disney? Yeah, Airbud is owned by Disney. It's kind of nice. Every time I record with them, like my check says from the Disney company, which always feels mm. good. And yes. then, uh, or like uh, last year, I actually went on tour with Disney over in Europe and we were just going from city to city performing Disney songs. And they asked me to do one of my covers uh, like that. So, yeah, so I, I got to work with them and on stage performances, which was fun. And we still have good contact. Like I still know folks over there. Every time I, uh, people from Disney will say like, Oh yeah, we all know about you. We all love you. So they, they know, they know, and they're cool. That's awesome. So, um, so you start this YouTube and that goes crazy. And then you, you do all these covers. My favorite cover you did was, well, first of all, I love your Winnie the Pooh impression. Why? Um, thank you so very much. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't know how much that means to me. The, <laughs> the, uh, no, but I, I love that. And so that makes me it rest easy knowing that, uh, you know, God forbid anything happened to Jim Cummings. There's, there's, uh, there's a future. Um, but the, <laughs> Which which has to be something horrible, right? Because you don't want any harm to happen to anybody. But you know that should something go horrible at the Walt Disney Animation Studios, you have so many career paths. Isn't that like a very scary, but also like not scary thing? It's uh, it's it's kind of like an interesting thing because like obviously. I don't know how many other people out there can sound like these characters. So I never sit here and just assume that, okay, once this actor is no longer doing it, I'm officially in. I never think that way. I just, in the moment, just appreciate who we have. Like uh, we have some amazing voice actors. Like you said, Jim Cummings, he's by far my favorite voice actor working today. So the last thing I want is for anything bad to happen for him, (laughs) bad happen to him. But at the same time, if for some reason Disney decided uh, to use me, I would be honored, uh, but at the same time, I, I would it would be a melancholy moment just because it's it would be a bittersweet thing. But right, but no, it's like I never sit here and just say like, okay, just wait, waiting for one of these guys back to us. But <laughs> well, because I mean, a lot of these character positions are like Supreme Court seats. I mean, you have them until you know you're you don't want it or you're dead, pretty much. Um, because from what I've understood um, from listening to other people do interviews that are like, you know, Bill Farmer and those, those, um, those guys and girls that do, um, all the voice acting is it's not like they have a, you know, 20 year contract that says you will play goofy for this long, but they always keep calling them back kind of thing. Yeah, they do. And that, I think that really just comes from the mindset of the company is just, they found a voice that they like. It's now something that they are, uh, fully invested in and they want to keep the integrity of the character as long as they can. And as much as you can have another sound alike that sounds great, they're not going to sound like the person who just did it. Like no matter how great a voice actor is, no matter how much great a sound alike is, there's going to be differences. So, yes, uh, we, I think we all learned that with the house of mouse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we've, we've learned that with a lot of things like, how about every, uh, rest in peace, Disney tune studios, but oh, every, gosh. every direct, direct two video sequels, <laughs> I forgot, but Robin Williams did return of Jafar, right? Yeah. The reason why he didn't do, uh, no, he didn't do return of Jafar. He did, uh, the King of Thieves. King of Thieves, okay. Yeah, the reason why he didn't do Return of Jafar was because there was actually a big falling out with that because he, uh, when he did Aladdin, he said he would do it for scale, which is like the lowest amount you're allowed to be paid by the union. But in return, Disney would not use him in the advertisement, but they did it anyway, so he was mad about that, so he refused to do the second one. But then he came back to the third one, so. Oh, huh. And they even told him, like, this is going direct to video. Are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> I guess he didn't 
That's, that's so interesting. I didn't know that. That's an interesting story. Yeah. Here's a here's another. I want to know this. Um. So the new Winnie the Pooh movie is coming out. Yes. Christopher Robin. And I am so excited for it. Yes. Um, it's I and if I mean, I'm very critical of a lot of things. Any I mean, Disney Universal. I mean, that I'm the uh, I've always out been outspoken. But if I hear anybody say one bad thing about that movie, I'm going to burst into tears because that movie looks amazing those trailers are just adorable and they're not even well edited those trailers are horrifically edited (laughs) like what i mean i okay so i've watched that second trailer probably 20 times now no not no exaggeration Mm -hmm. winnie the pooh says the same line twice he says like oh thank you yeah and and there's like and the editing doesn't make any sense and it shows the entire movie i don't care but because every single scene looks amazing but here's here's what i'm going with this um so chris o'dowd was originally supposed to play tigger right Mm -hmm. what's up with that i don't know the story behind it all i know is i i was sitting here waiting by the casting on imdb just going like if you do not make jim cummings poo and tigger i'm gonna lose my mind because there's nobody who could do poo poo and tigger like jim cummings because i was terrified they were gonna get some celebrity voice actor just to come in and do it because they're like hey people in the seats but he's not poo you stepped at madness like well michael jackson is dead so (laughs) (laughs) you you can't have the the shy poo (laughs) yeah yeah that that would just none of it would have worked so i was ecstatic when i saw that jim cummings was uh, Pooh, but then I saw that he wasn't Tigger, and I was just like, "What? Why yeah, would you bring him on for one and not the other?" I know that doesn't even make sense from an economical standpoint. No, it's like you're paying this guy more, and you're paying the second guy more to come in and do this when you could just have Jim do both. But uh, I, I didn't. I have no idea why he was in it in the first place, and I have no idea why they took him out. I was just thrilled to death when i saw that trailer and heard jim cummings as tigger and i'm like please tell me that they changed their minds and this isn't just like a oh for the trailer we'll put jim cummings in there just because people are more familiar and then bait and switch but no it they changed imdb and now he's doing both so i don't know the story behind it i'd love to figure it out well i heard uh, just like a a few things of just like there was a test screening and the tigger did not go well over well um it sounded like raspy at some points and then like too high pitched at others like it was just not not very good i mean as something is as you know prominent as tigger tigger is one of the you know most prominent voices probably um i just i mean you can kind of you know i couldn't tell you what um like rue sounds like or uh sorry who am i thinking like owl and uh, th- those I cannot specifically remember those voices, but Pooh, Tigger, and Eeyore. Although Eeyore is probably a little easier to yeah. replicate. Yeah, Eeyore. Eeyore's had an interesting history with his voice actors, unlike Pooh and Tigger, who have virtually only had two voice actors each, with like Sterling Holloway then Jim Cummings or Paul Winchell then Jim Cummings. Uh, Owls had a bunch, and so has Eeyore. Although most people know Eeyore, uh, his original. Not original, original, but like what he did in the the characters in the '90s was uh, Peter Cullen, who did Optimus Prime. So yes, Optimus Prime did Eeyore, ah. which is really cool. <laughs> but I want to hear Eeyore say something. Uh, just go on a rant about the Allspark. <laughs> we gotta get the Allspark. <laughs> <laughs> I can kind of hear both. <laughs> yeah, uh, but then like in the 2011 film. Uh, that came out, they got an actor by the name of Bud Lucky, who was actually a guy over at Pixar. If you listen carefully, he's the same guy who did Rick Dicker in The Incredibles. Or mm. he did the short Boundin. He did like all the vocals in the Pixar short Boundin with the Jackalope. Uh, so he was more of a Pixar guy, but they brought him over because his natural voice literally sounds like Eeyore. So it was ideal casting. And then now... Uh, they've got Brad Garrett coming in to do Eeyore for Christopher Robin, which I think was a great choice as well. He does a really great job. Of, from the little we heard, he captures that same emotion very, very well. So I'm like, hey, Brad Garrett's great. Bring him. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, the uh, I'm so excited for that film. Um, I want to I want to hear how, what you think of it in the I'm sure we'll both end up loving it no matter how quality it is or not but it seems to be like they got every character 
on top of the voice acting, the characters seem very true to their, you know, source material. Yeah. And I love the fact that they didn't make them look too much like they're animated characters and look more like stuffed animals come to life, which is what they are. We often forget that, but that's what they are. And if you go to the New York library, they actually have the real Christopher Robin stuffed animals in there. And they're very similar to what we see in the movie. Yeah, that was really interesting. And then I I had never because, you know, I it, Winnie the Pooh has always been one of those things that I've I've watched, but I've never really thought about it more than after watching it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and because I mean, because I think every generation has how long has been has when were the original books released oh the original books i want to say they came out in the the 20s or 30s yeah so everyone (laughs) has as has you know grown up or could have grown up with these stories yeah um and so i was going somewhere with this now i'm just fanboying about winnie the pooh (laughs) hey if there's a character to fanboy about let's do winnie the pooh Yeah, uh, his simple logic is beautiful um, in the trailer. Absolutely beautiful. You are absolutely right with that. <laughs> but the uh, yeah, and so no, what I, here's where it was going. What I didn't realize, and I was reading YouTube comments because I watched the trailer a couple more times today. Um, uh, I saw that uh, someone was like, "Well, in the owl and rabbit were never actually." Uh, stuffed animals; they were no. always real animals. Yeah, they which always I, were. Which had always passed my mind. Like that had always slipped. I never really connected those two things. And so I went back and watched the trailer and (laughs) they are strikingly clearly supposed to be real CGI animals. Yeah. Like even if you go back and watch the animated stuff, you notice that Tigger, Pooh, Rue, they all, you can see the seams. Like they have made the seams on there. Owl and Rabbit don't have any of those. And you can see they have extra fur. They've got extra feathers. They're designed to look more real. Um, because if you go look at his stuffed animals from the actual book, they were not actually stuffed animals. They were a- they were actual animals that were in his, the park where he would play for his Hundred Acre Woods. <sighs> we got to get off Winnie the Pooh, but I because I, I, <laughs> that was that was beautiful, <laughs> and I want more, but I know I shouldn't because people are going to be like, when did this turn into? Because you know. Uh, the uh, my usually on these podcasts I'm either talking to you know Imagineers or I'm debating theme parks and this is the most lighthearted um, you know warmth warm podcast and, I, and I'm loving it but we got we got to spread the love to some other properties that's right let's so, go to some properties okay so Pluto is our favorite member of the Fab Five right uh he's up there oh. he's not my absolute oh, favorite no. but he's uh, up there uh, he's high. here we go here's the fight who's your favorite <laughs> Goofy. Okay, well, Goofy has a fun voice to do, so that might sway your decision a little bit. Yeah, because as far as like you know, voice acting goes for Pluto, he just goes, and it's just about it. <laughs> well, um, I was I'm doing research right now for Legends of the Hidden Temple. The the we on my channel we do Defunct TV, which is a spinoff that we talk about old TV shows. Uh-huh. Um, and so Legends of the Hidden Temple, Olmec. I don't know if you've ever seen the show or heard of it. It's been a long time. I remember that show when I was young, but it's it's been a long time since I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, and so the uh, Olmec is the talking head, and he's voiced by uh, D. Bradley Baker, uh-huh. who's a voice actor that does a thousand things. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, he, I when I'm looking at him, it's uh, like on his Wikipedia page, it says he's most known for voicing Perry the Platypus on Phineas and Ferb. Yep. Now, and I'm like, how much? work went into voicing was that just one day of just like clicks it probably was i mean it (laughs) usually with characters that are just like make one sound or one line like say groot or something like that it you would assume you just get it all done in one day but sometimes they could be difficult like you know you gotta figure out the right way to make this noise for this emotion but with perry it's the same noise every time there's no difference whatsoever which is part of the charm yeah you know, I like to think that he went in there for five minutes and for three of those minutes, he just did that straight clicking noise three minutes in a row. And then they've they've only shortened or like lengthened it depending on it's just one long clicking sound. That might. Can you do the Perry click? No, that that click is way harder than you'd think. Yes. Well, I'm sure. No, I'm, I'm not saying I could do it. I'm just saying, does it take more than one day? <laughs> Um, for him, probably just one day, but, uh, yeah, for someone else to just replicate that. Oh my. It's, 
It's so difficult because I even have a Perry plush toy where you press his paw and he makes that noise. And I tried to study with that just over and over and over and over. And I'm just like, I can't get this one little sound. <laughs> Characters like Abu who do nothing but squeaks. I can get all the Abu sounds just like, <laughs> but this platypus I can't get. <laughs> the um, So we got so Goofy's your favorite of the Fab Five. That's mm-hmm. fine. Um, I, I, I'm glad you didn't say Mickey because I think saying Mickey's your favorite member of the Fab Five is kind of th- is that ever really true? Because Mickey has never really had a character purposefully. Well, he did. Uh, he did in in the '40s. Right, right. That was because uh, Walt was very. Uh, he was very particular on that, specifically with Fantasia. He said that the Mickey that we see in Sorcerer Mickey, or not Sorcerer Mickey, in Fantasia. That was the definitive Mickey in his eyes. He's like, this is it. No more redesigns. This is his personality. This is it. Uh, so, but they seem to straight from that. <laughs> yeah. The new Mickey Mouse cartoons, everyone goes crazy for them. And I don't, I don't hate, I don't dislike them. They're really fun to watch. It just seems like they're very um, mean spirited in, in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, just very interesting. What are your thoughts on the new Mickey cartoons? I I like them. Um, it's definitely hearkening back to the 20s and 30s ideas of the characters as opposed to what we got later in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. And the original cartoons were much more mean-spirited. Um, right, yeah. And I think done right, mean-spirited is fun, but it has to be done right, which I think for the most part the new series has done. Um. I'm not going to sit here and say it's my favorite renditions of Mickey, but at the same time, every time they post a new one, I want to see it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I watch them and they're, um, they're, they're, they're fun and fine. I just, I've never, again, like I said, I was never a cartoon. I never subscribed to the medium as much as some people. So like, I understand, I understand. I mean, how oh, you can look on online and find so many weird Mickey cartoons early on. Um, and if you really want to trip, go look at some Donald in the thirties. Oh and 40s. yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's always a... Oh, whoa. <laughs> no, that was from, yeah, no, I know. No, it's just the first fit. What is it? The Fuhrer's the name face. The, yeah. <laughs> well, cause everyone freaks out and they're just like, why is Donald a Nazi? I'm like, you guys do. Did you watch the whole episode? It's a nightmare. He doesn't want to be there. Yeah. That's kind of the point of the propaganda. Yeah, and then like he wakes up and salutes the American flag. He's not a Nazi. <laughs> but I just far heard, from it. Donald Duck is a capitalist. <laughs> I'm like, I remember people sending me that clip, just like, oh my gosh, Brian, can you believe this exists? I'm like, I've known it exists a long time. So, why do you, you think Donald Donald Duck is just angry because he's torn between the two extremes of? of you know like hitler and his regime and the horrible like capitalistic version of scrooge mcduck his relative and it's just this like horrible that's why he's angry it's just this horrible pull between the two ideologies that would be an interesting thought i mean i know the real reason why he's angry but (laughs) oh well great (laughs) what what is the real reason the real reason what is the reason the real reason he's angry is strictly because Disney knew that he couldn't have Mickey or Goofy actually be angry. So he came up with this character so they could get some anger and frustration into the show as well to be a little more realistic. So they're like, we can have one character do it, but everybody else can't do it. Right. Yeah. Okay. But if we're going like universe reasons, I have no idea. I thought you actually, okay. Yes. I thought you actually like had a, had a reason reason. And you were going to be like, well, it's his PTSD from when he was in the Navy. And I was going to be like, Whoa, Brian. no, no, I don't have any good answers for that. Okay. I just know what the animators and were thinking. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Man, this is a we're in some weird ground. We are. We are. We <laughs> went from talking about Mickey Mouse and Winnie the Pooh, and now it's yelling Heil Hitler. <laughs> and yeah, the is Donald Duck. I, I want that. I want that smash cut of me saying this is the most lighthearted podcast we've ever had. Smash cut to Heil Hitler <laughs> and Donald Duck. <laughs> Uh, so is there um let's go on to um what else uh i'm trying so many things i'm trying to think of where natural i think the muppets um are you a muppets fan i'm a huge muppets fan yes okay thank gosh yes (laughs) i love the muppets dude the muppets are my favorite property they're so underutilized they are i am so upset that they don't have more like 
It's like I even heard rumors that they're thinking about getting rid of the Muppets 4D show at uh, Disney World. And I'm like, please, no, please, no. It's the last it's our last stand. Oh, my gosh. They're not. It's not going down without a fight. I built my platform for this moment. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. I've heard rumors that, like, if it does go down, they'll at least still have a Muppet show there, kind of like what they do in Magic Kingdom, which at least is representation. But I'm like, why don't we have a Muppet Land? I think it would be fun. Yeah, I mean, I we have Muppets Courtyard. Is that what it's called there? Or was that in DCA? Um, we have. I I think that's what it is because I I was late to the Disneyland game, so as long as I've been going, Muppets were always gone, which is sad. Oh wow. That's sad. It is. um, Yeah. um, But no, Muppets has a long history in Disney parks. And I think I'm a huge Muppets fan. And then um, I'm friends with Disney Dan, who's another YouTuber that knows all of the puppeteers because he is a puppeteer and he's worked with all these puppeteers. And so I'll be and and I'll say something like, I love the Muppets. And he'll get all up in my face and be like, you don't know the Muppets. I know the Muppets. I'm like, whoa, that. whoa dan so yeah no but what is your fave so okay well we gotta narrow this down are the muppets like you know the kermit and his friends yeah your favorite jim henson group is it, or are you like a fraggle guy i mean i mean it's okay if you're if you like the fraggles you just got to tell me muppets are my favorite out of all the okay, jim go. henson properties muppets are definitely my favorite good because we're gonna take an early exit on this podcast if you just said the fraggles <laughs> <laughs> um no but so what is your favorite muppets character fozzy bear okay do you do you have is that your favorite to impersonate or your favorite character he's my favorite character unfortunately right now he's the only muppet i can't do can't which yes it's frustrating because i'm like he's the one i love the most and i can't get it right now i'm still working on it because i want to do a a really good muppets video and like get everybody in there but I'm like, not until I get Fozzie. When I get Fozzie right, then I'll do it. But not until Fozzie's right. Fozzie, and I've, I only do impressions to my mirror and to my patrons whenever we're up late um, doing board meetings. But when I, when I do, I've tried to do Fozzie. And it's not just like, you know, when I do an impression, I'm like, oh, wow, that's what it would sound like if it wasn't bad kind of thing. <laughs> if I wasn't so bad at this, it would sound right. But I can't even get to where that comes out. Like, I don't understand how Frank Oz gets that or, or now um, Eric Jacobson gets that out of their their mouth. <laughs> it's uh, I've been working on the placement, too, because if you listen to like Frank Oz versus uh, Jacobson, you're just like, there is a difference. But how, how are they still doing that? Uh, it's it's like Kermit, I was able to get pretty easily. He just kind of, hi, ho, Kermit the Frog here. He just kind of pops out. He's not a big deal. It's but like Fozzie. It's covered and yet pulled back and yet forward all at the same time. I'm like, what kind of magic are you doing to your mouths? Yeah, I, I, that is a uh, my favorite character is Kermit. Mm, um, yeah. I just I just uh, I like the I just he, his as a character. I feel like, well, of course, he's the most well-defined because he's the most prominent. But I yeah. I love Kermit. Um, I just I love a lot all the all the characters for their zaniness. I also have a soft spot for Gonzo. Oh, Gonzo is awesome. Can you do a Gonzo? Yeah. For some reason, I just remember that quote that he did in the the Muppets movie from like what was it? Oh nine. The 2011. The, the the Muppets. 2011. Wow, I was off. <laughs> yeah, the one with Jason Segal. Yeah. Yeah, where he's just like. oh that's great yeah so we need to get more muppets in the parks i fully (laughs) agree speaking of disney dan he's doing a video right now on muppets land which was supposed to be disneyland one year mickey was going to for an entire year the idea was that mickey was going to give the keys to the kingdom to kermit and his friends i remember hearing about that yeah, and it never happened because this was, you know, a year before Henson passed and they were focused on getting all these other things out. So, yeah, it's a it's a really interesting and he's had some concept art drawn up for it. And it's a so keep your eye out, everybody, for that video if you want more Muppets. Otherwise, we should uh, we should probably move on before I fanboy out of, over this, especially. <laughs> um, so let's go niche. So I'm going to at the end, I'm going to. Um, kind of, I have a few impressions that I would just want to know if you do just random ones that I, I just, for some reason want, uh, to see if, 
if you've done them before because you would do these huge compilation videos like 50 100 um and some of those are some of those kind of you can do them for just a second kind of impressions or those all each one of those 100 impressions that you do in a row could you extend that out to like a, a speech kind of thing uh most of them i can extend to speeches normally i don't like to include characters if i can only do like a few lines from them but on occasion i will do that like if uh, i'm doing um, usually if i'm doing just doing a straight up impression video of like a movie it's like here's all the impressions from the lion king there's normally a few of those that that is the case where i can just parrot it for that moment and then it's pretty much gone but usually the core characters i try to get uh to where i can sit there and say just about anything and so before we well, let me see if I can. Let me think. So I was wondering, Darkwing Duck, um, someone we were talking and, you know, when Jim Cummings takes over and be prepared, uh-huh. someone said it sounds just like Darkwing Duck. There's yeah, there's definitely instances of that. I remember even as a kid, I heard differences and just being like, that's not the same guy. Really? You did? I never noticed it. Yeah, it's uh, if it, it, this will help. I uh, Jim even said this. I already suspected this, but it really solidified when he said this. Um, but every time you hear the song, every time the word be prepared is actually said, it's never Jeremy Irons. It is always Jim. Ah, really? Okay. So I heard that he said he did the whole thing at one point. He probably recorded the whole song. Like he probably sat down and did that, but then later they intercut pieces of Jeremy Irons into it as well. Okay. That's probably what happened. Right. So we have, uh. So I do have uh, Scrooge McDuck, who is um, I don't know why I always have a I have just have a liking for Scrooge McDuck. Is that a character that you think you can do? I'm still working to get the original one just right, but the current one we have with uh, I can't remember his name right now. The uh, David Tennant, who does him now on the new show, I can do his. I'm still working to get the original Scrooge voice. Okay, so um, well then we'll put a. Well, here's what I'll do. I'm going to order these random ones from least to most difficult. I have about uh, three. Okay. We'll do three. Okay. Uh, Captain Jack. Captain Jack. Okay. Oh, do you want me to do, do the voice? Uh, do you think you could do Captain? Oh, yeah. You do Captain Jack. I've, I've, I've heard you do it. I'll do Captain Jack. Yes. That I do. Because all we do is we sail upon the seven seas looking for adventure. And an inordinate amount of rum. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, here's your here's your second one. Um, Iago from Aladdin. I can't believe it! I just can't believe it! Look at this! Look at this! I'm so ticked off that I'm bolting! I'm so afraid, like, I just peeked the mic. Like, oh, no, you've been peeking the mic the whole time, uh, bud. Are you serious? I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, it doesn't matter. The when you're when you're getting into it, that's what that's what we want to have. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, no, 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 dude, it's fine. I'm just I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm pulling your leg. Oh, okay. Um, the um. Okay, so here's the here's the final one. I think I'm gonna stump you. You ready? Okay. Michael Eisner. Well, when we were working on uh, the Lion King, you know, we we kind of looked at this stuff and we're like, we're making a video about her, making a movie about ourselves. I'm scared <laughs> of shooting myself in the foot. I've never tried Michael Eisner before, so he sounds way too raspy. Oh, I don't think so. I, think he's... <laughs> I was going to be like, you need to up the rasp there, Brian. Really? I'm sitting over there going, oh, he sounds like an ex-smoker. <laughs> no, well, I mean, if you listen to his most recent interviews, but the, uh, you know, that was that was fantastic. I, I thought I would stump you with Michael Eisner. I was just I was ramping up to that, and you 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 still exceeded those expectations. Um, Yay! So. Well, I want to talk a little bit about theme parks, if you don't mind, for a bit. Yeah, absolutely. So just as a no, we don't even know impressions um, of no, like apart from when you go to the theme parks to do impressions. Um, what are your favorite things to do at, at Disneyland, at Universal, at anywhere? Um, well, I, I'm definitely a ride guy more than anything else. Like if, if I have a day to go to any of the parks, I want to ride like as much as I can in one day. Mm-hmm. I definitely am that kind of guy. Um, but at the same time at Disneyland specifically, I will go to the animation building at DCA and I can just sit there for hours and just sit in that main room and just listen to all the music, see the storyboards, the animation, and just sit there and enjoy it for hours. 
Really? Yeah. That's interesting because I, I was just went to Disneyland a week, a couple of weeks ago for the first time in a long time. And uh, I went to that building and it was, I was, uh, it was, it was really cool. And, it, and if I could find a seat, I might've stayed there. I was just wondering how many people know about this or how many people do it. It's uh, it's relatively well known, but a lot of people don't stay there because most people who come are interested in like the hardcore attractions, whereas like a lot of the annual pass holders will go and do that. Uh, did you get a chance to go downstairs while you were there? It, behind the line to go see Elsa and Anna, there is a, a winding path that leads downstairs where you can animate. And then within there, you can go into the Beast's library and take a personality test to figure out what Disney character you're like. Yes, did I you did go- that. Oh, you did that. Okay, good. Because a lot of people walk in and they have no idea that that's there. So I want to make sure you saw that. Yes, I did. That was a, I I had seen it in promos. I think it's been there for quite a while. Um, I think maybe since the opening, I don't want to say that if I'm wrong. I I, think it's been there since the opening as well. Cause there was another part, uh, Ursula, Ursula's grotto is there as well, but that's gone now. Oh yeah. What was, what was there? Uh, to be honest, I don't know. I got there not long after they took it out, I just kept seeing the name of it. it was like Ursula Garado through the store. And I'm like, well, what's there? And they said, oh, it's a part we don't go into anymore. I'm like, well, what was there? Oh, it's gone now. Well, tell me what was there. And no one will tell hey, me. Th- that's that's what I do. I tell you what was there. That's that's, that's what I do on my channel. Yeah, we so, talk about what, what used to be there. So go tell me what, what Ursula's Grotto was like, because I, I want to know. I have no idea. Well, that's a, that's actually a that's in the queue, but it's quite far down in priority. We, oh, we have oh, like yes. an, oh, everything's in the queue, but we have like uh, we have an entire like amusement parks. And then way down the list is Ursula's Grotto. But we can do some Wikipedia together. Yes. Wikipedia. <laughs> the, uh, Wikipedia. The um yeah, and so you have um all those wonderful things at DCA um just in that one place. And the thing that I love about Disney World more so than Disneyland is there's a lot more of those kind of mellow, take it slow kind of experiences at Disney World Mm -hmm. because Disneyland's so compact, you know. Yeah, Disneyland we have I, I think it was that we have more rides per square foot. Um, but just because we have less square feet, there's more stuff to do at world, obviously. Um, so because of that, we don't have a lot of extra room to work with. Right. Because, you know, if you go any further, you're going to hit a highway. Right. Um, but the, uh, so yeah. So what are your, what are, what are some other f- things you, I mean, you love the rides. To, what's your favorite ride? Oh, that's like asking me to pick my children, man. <laughs> um, you better pick those children. Um, no, to, to, uh, to, um, do a Disneyland. Let's just talk, let's narrow it to Disneyland. Okay, that? your favorite Disneyland ride? Just Disneyland, probably Space Mountain. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. I love okay. Space Mountain. I will say that Disneyland Space Mountain is a lot of fun, and it does not make me feel like I'm going to die because yes, Disney Disney World's does. Yeah, when you go through that tunnel, I am a short guy. Okay. I am a short man, and I feel like that little tunnel is going to take my head off every single time I ride the one in Florida. Oh, it's so scary, man. And the, and the thing is that it's – I mean everybody thinks you know roller coasters are safe because engineers, but not always engineers because <laughs> this was built in the 70s. It's the oldest coaster – steel coaster in Florida. might be the oldest coaster, and it is – horrifying there are moments <laughs> where i'm just like i'm going to die i don't get that at disneyland's uh space mountain but in disney world yes i do i'm like what why, why is this a thing <laughs> no disneyland space mountain was like exciting and a lot of fun that was one of the things i noticed when i keep going back and forth from disneyland to world is that i think land space mountain is just so much better um but have you did you get a chance to ride it when it was hyperspace mountain they'll do that add-on from time to time um no thank god oh really <laughs> no do you like hyperspace mountain better i surprisingly i don't know if i'd say i like it better but it's one of those like if they just switched it and left it that way forever i wouldn't be upset what you take that back right now <laughs> <laughs> this will not stand so in your world you want a Tomorrowland to have hyperspace mountain and on the other side of the park there to be a star wars land hey right now star wars land hasn't opened just saying okay okay that's fine i get it i get it but you said forever it's i guess that's true forever. i did <laughs> <laughs> the um forever is a long time but the uh, so yeah i uh 
I do love Disneyland Space Mountain a lot more. Is there anything in Magic Kingdom that you that you were surprised or an attraction that isn't there that was at Disneyland that you liked a lot? Oh, um, I will say this. Magic Kingdom's Haunted Mansion really surprised me. Like the couple extra rooms that you go through at the beginning, I was like, these rooms are amazing. Like the the, oh, like the library, the library, the staircase room. I love that staircase room. I was just like, oh my gosh. Just like the whole thing and the animations with the hitchhiking ghosts at the end. I was like, oh, this is so cool. Yes, but you do have the uh, hat box ghost. So that is true. That is true. We do have the hat box ghost, which is which is great. So like each I love the fact that each ride at different parts has something to appreciate the other one doesn't do you have any and i and i, and I don't want to make you or force you to do impressions um but do you have any haunted mansion like impressions any uh ghost host anything i i try to do the ghost host on occasion just for fun i can't get my voice quite where it is but it can get it really close mm. when hinges creak and doorless chambers Frightening sounds echo through the halls. That is the time when ghosts are present. I kind of lost it in the middle, but I got it back. <laughs> no, that was that was really good, and I think that uh, the actual voice has helped a lot by like a a high bass modulator um, or high bass equalizer. Yeah, but yeah, no, that uh, that was great. And so, you know, Haunted Mansion, I I didn't I did notice that there were some rooms lacking. Um, so you got Magic Kingdom, you have Disneyland. Is there is there another what's your favorite Disneyland dark ride? I know Space Mountain is in the dark, but what Disneyland dark ride? Disneyland dark ride. Ooh. Anything Pirates of the Caribbean, do I, I mean Haunted Mansion if, if that Haunted Mansion could be your favorite dark ride. Um actually I would I'd probably say Pirates. Oh, Pirates is so cool yes, at Disneyland. It it's so bad at Florida. <laughs> <laughs> It's just short. It's just a lot shorter. Well, it, you totally lose that whole going down and going back up thing. Yeah. Like, which is so cool. Because we get Disney. we get two waterfalls in Disneyland, whereas Disney World only has one. And we have a lot more of the skeleton scenes. Um, and, I, and I think y'all just had the we both we just got the refurb on the on the redhead and when Disneyland got its refurb on the redhead, we also got an extra scene that we weren't expecting to get where you get the, there's a pirate just sitting there with a pot of gold. As you go up, he's a skeleton, but as you keep watching and he turns into a human being like with flesh and bones on again, and there's like an octopus with gold next to him. And it was so cool. And we're like, Oh yeah, we didn't expect this. <laughs> I saw that. That was great. I was really happy with that. Yeah. The, um, and so did, we have Johnny Depp in the ride now, which is unfortunate in my opinion. And I don't know how you feel about having that, having the inclusion of the pirates, uh, the movie characters running around. I personally don't mind it. But then again, I didn't get into the parks until after this change had happened. I don't remember ever seeing pirates without Johnny Depp and Jeffrey Rush in it at all. So to me, it's it's always been there as long as I have been writing it. So to me, it's not a big deal. And I personally like the Pirates films. I'm not going to say they're all great. The first one was great. The rest of them, I like enough. <laughs> the first one was amazing. Yeah. I love the first one. Second, third, and whatever. Fourth one has grown on me, and fifth one is just bad. And I, I, I like the inclusion of, you know, Will and Elizabeth again, the fifth one. But overall, I, I think I only saw it once, maybe twice. And I haven't been itching to put it back in my Blu-ray player. I'll say that much. <laughs> um, do you collect Blu-rays? You mentioned Blu-rays a couple of times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I am that guy. I own every single Disney animated film from Snow White to Moana. I own every one of them, including the films that everyone forgets about. <laughs> what so, is- I am that guy. So, you know, you got your Song of the South. You have- well, Song of the South is, is technically live action, not animated, but it's a I, hybrid. It's a hybrid. But like usually if they're hybrid, they're considered live action more than they are animated. Oh, OK, well, this is your wheelhouse. So I'm I'll, I'll concede that that might be true. But that is a but on Wikipedia, they are considered different. But OK, I'll, it's are, live action within the company. Like if you look at Disney feature animation, they have their list of features that they've done and the only one that has any live action in it whatsoever is fantasia and fantasia 2000 
Really? Mm-hmm. So like Mary Poppins is considered live action. Song of the South is considered live action. If the main plot of the story is live action, then it's considered live action. And the animation is just there to enhance. Same thing with like Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Well, Roger Rabbit, do you, first of all, do you do a Roger Rabbit? I do. I need to think of one of his lines. It's, it's been a while since I've watched that movie. (laughs) Let's see. Dang it. I can't think of any of these lines right now. Like, what about that? Like the Eddie, please don't, uh, please help me. Eddie, please help me. Please. <laughs> there you, you like, right when I said that was like a trigger, you're like, yep, I know. Um, <laughs> that's great. Um, and so, yeah, so you have, you have the, um, so you have all the animated Blu-ray collections is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's 56 official animated features. I have every one of those. I have most of the direct to video sequels just because the they're still considered canon as much as I wish some of them weren't. They're all considered canon. So I will be respectful. And I wanted to do all the live action ones too, but there's just, there's so many and most of them didn't get DVD releases because most, most people don't remember most of them. And so like, what are we talking? We're talking about like, uh, there's a bunch of films that happened like in the fifties and sixties that like nobody really remembered i want to say like the original parent trap not the one with uh like Lindsay lohan but there was one like before that one that a lot of people don't remember anymore right okay Uh, like the original shaggy dog not the one with tim allen but the original one my og shaggy dog is tim allen so i don't know what you what you're talking about yeah there's one before (laughs) tim allen (laughs) and then there's like uh what is it the absent-minded professor that was the, which was Flub, Flubber was its remake. Everyone remembers the remakes, but not the originals. So like those, I'm like, I just can't keep up with all those. And then of course, all of Disney, Disney nature films. They're, they made so many of those. You don't have all the Disney nature films. I've got I a couple. The, I've got a couple, <laughs> but I don't have I, all of them. I only watch those on a old box TV on a giant roller system that I wheel up to a desk in my house and just sit there and fall asleep to watching Disney nature. Hey, good on you. That's great. I have nothing against Disney nature. There's just so many. I can't keep up with them. Yeah, there are, there are a lot, but Hey, they all have that weird initiative. That's completely, that is totally not a write off for the company. It's just out of their goodwill. (laughs) It's not the entire, that entire franchise is not a write off. Everyone stop saying that. Oh yeah. Not at all. It's not a tax write off. Nope. (laughs) The, um, so I'm trying to think, uh, real quick on universal. Mm Mm-hmm. What is your favorite Universal Hollywood ride? Because I know you're you st- you stick around Hollywood more than Florida. Yeah, um, I definitely. And when I say ride, I mean what is your favorite TV and chair where they shake you? <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite chair to be shaked? Well, I was about to say my favorite ride actually isn't that. It's one of the few that aren't that. <laughs> but if I'm picking from that, um, probably. Because uh, I, I tend to not do those that often because that's like half the rides. Maybe maybe the Minions one. I kind of like the Minions. Minion Mayhem. Okay, that's that's okay. <laughs> I'm just I'm just over here just sad. But there's not. I don't know what else what else you would say in Hollywood. I mean, it's like there's also like the Transformers one, which honestly kind of gives me a headache because I can't see their faces. I'm like looking for their faces and they're so hard to find because they're so technical. It's a fun oh, ride. My gosh. It's a fun yeah. ride, but it's so hard to focus on what's going on. I'm like, okay, so that big one just threw that big one. I don't know what that one's doing over there, but oh, this one just ate me. Okay, where, <laughs> where, where, where'd you come from? And and your mummy version is horrible compared it to is, y'all's. Oh my gosh, ours is the pits compared to y'all's. Yeah, uh, ours is amazing. Yes, like, and we have Spider Man, and we have Islands of Adventure, with all that wonderful things. That, I mean, it's a uh, Universal is an interesting, and I and I'm. I have to ask, what is your if you do go to Universal and you do do an impression of someone of a character that's there? What is your favorite one to do? Any of the characters from Shrek, the Shrek oh characters can, are the can best. Get, can I get a few Shrek characters? Well, you know, you got Shrek to begin with. You know, better than in, I always say, right? But you know, hey, there's always Donkey. You know, Donkey's a whole lot of fun. They said how much he loves everybody's boulders. You know, I like that boulder. That is a nice boulder. But then there is Puss in Boots. 
Easy. <laughs> he's the harder one to do because he's a little quieter, so it's hard for the camera to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Uh, and and you, I also just heard uh, the Mulan dragon. What is his name? Oh, yeah, Mushu. M- Mushu. Yeah, Mushu, Mushu and Donkey, they're, the, they're literally, literally the same voice. So I, I do the same for both. Eddie Murphy has a thing for dragons. He do, yeah, he got a thing for dragons, things for donkeys, you know. That's <laughs> donkeys Donkeys that like dragons, dragons that are dragons. Yeah, yeah. you know, you know, he either falls in love with a dragon or is a dragon. <laughs> that, that's how it goes. Oh, that's so wonderful, um, man! I feel like now that I have you here, I got to be like, I can you do my ringtone? How many times <laughs> have you been asked to do a ringtone? Not as many as you'd expect. It does happen. Okay, good. But- so here's my name. <laughs> so just here's my number. Tell them to call me back. No, what happens more than anything else is I always get the, will you do a voice for me to record like on my Snapchat or for a friend or for someone's birthday? Okay. That's what I normally get. It's rarely voicemails now, but yeah, that, I get that one a lot. Really? So what is the most, like, what is the most requested? I'd say it probably a mixture of Mickey and Pooh. Okay. Those two are like the one everybody keeps asking for more than any other. What is the most surprise that you like one that people like, cause those are pretty common, but yeah. what is something that people ask for that you like, wow, people like really like, what is, is there any surprises that people ask you for? Um, every once in a while, there'd be a surprise one where someone's like, Oh, do this voice. And I'm like, really? No one ever <laughs> asked for that one. Is there, is there a voice that you love to do, but you don't get asked to do it enough? King Julian from Madagascar. He's one of my favorite voices, but nobody ever talks about him. That's true. And you're and you're really great at Pumbaa. I know you're oh, Pumbaa. Thank you. <laughs> the uh, you're Pumbaa, and then you and you have a Timon as well. Yeah, so it's fun to have conversations with the two. Having <laughs> a yeah. conversation with myself. No, Pumbaa, that sounds psychotic. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. So, is there? I'm trying to think of any unique thing to ask you other than is there any unique thing to ask you, which is the is, is a question of itself um, before before we get going, because I'm sure you have to go off and uh, recede back into one of your many, many personalities. <laughs> um, oh, that's a dark area. <laughs> <laughs> is, OK, so non Disney, non animated. Do you do any live action? Yeah, I do. I tend to not do a lot of those just because. Uh, the things that I gravitate to most are animated just because the actor is free to do more with their voice than they are on camera work. But I still do that from time to time. Like I do a lot of the characters from like Lord of the Rings. That's a big one. Obviously Gollum, but like Gandalf and I love doing like Sam and uh, Mary and Pippin. They're always fun. Um, if we're getting other stuff, obviously like Star Wars, that's a big one as well. Um, and I do a few celebrities, but I try not to do too many of them because everybody does celebrities. Like this is what sets me apart is that I do mostly cartoons. Yeah. Like because yeah. everyone comes up and does a Chris for walking or everyone comes up and does Morgan Freeman. So I'm like, well, how many people can walk up and do a Pumbaa? Right. So you're like YouTube's Uncle Joey. Yeah, I love that. I'm YouTube's <laughs> Uncle Joey. I'm all about that. <laughs> well, there's your new channel name. Woo! <laughs> well, I, we better get going before I just pop pander you to do every impression I've ever heard. So Brian, really thank you so much for being here and giving me so many, much of your time and your voice. Um, it's really been special having you on. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate it being on. And to everyone listening, um, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And thank you for visiting Defunct Land. Defunct Land.